Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. What a day. Politics all over the place. You could not turn on the television set without getting hit in the face with some political news. Actually, I don't know why they were on all day. Since 6 o'clock this morning, they're talking about what's going to happen in 11 different states, and we're going to get the results tonight, and everybody's guessing. Uh, Well, the results have started coming in, and, and they're interesting. But before I get into that, and I'm briefly going to talk about it, because I've had it up to here with politics today, uh... I'm going to start on a light note tonight. I'm off to see the wizard, the wonderful wizard of Oz. Remember? I'm off to see the wizard, the wonderful wonderful wizard of Oz. And we got that out of uh, the wizard of Oz, Judy Garland, uh, the yellow brick road, the munchkins. Why am I starting with it? Why am I talking about it? Because yesterday, my friends, the last munchkin died. That's sad. The last of the little men. The last munchkin died yesterday. He was Jerry Marin, 96 years old. And I couldn't help but think when I was reading his obituary, uh, he's really off to see the wizard. Now he's off to see his God. Now we'll go to politics for a moment. Donald Trump is going to sweep today these 11 states. He may lose two of them or one of them. But he's big. He's got 4-1 already before 9 o'clock. Three more are coming in at 9, but I don't know because we're doing this show. Uh, All I can say is this. He's on his way. There's no question he's going to be the Republican candidate unless something terrible comes out, which I doubt since nothing's come out yet. Uh, And all I can say is God help us. This man is not presidential timber. He's going to screw up this country worse than it is. He thinks everything he can correct and everything's easy to correct. He has no concept of how government is run. Running a business and running the government of the United States, I believe, have to be two totally different things. I worry what he's going to do to us. I have repeatedly on this show and in my daily blog brought to your attention I compare him to Adolf Hitler in the 1930s, the early 30s and mid-30s in Germany. They were economically pressed to people. Hitler promised them everything. I can do this. I can do that. And he became chancellor. And look what he did. By 1945, Germany was in ruins. Millions of people dead. Uh, I don't know if Trump will take us this far, that far, but I just can't believe he can deal with the Putin. He can't deal with the guy in North Korea. He can't deal with the premier of uh, China. Uh, you can't tell people to go screw themselves. In effect, you can't insult minorities. You can't insult women, but women are voting for him in these primaries. It's amazing. Anyhow, God help us. We shall see what is going to happen. Some people get theirs, and that's a terrible way for me to uh, lead into this next topic here. Uh, Bill O'Reilly, Fox News' Bill O'Reilly, news commentator. He has a show around 10 o'clock weeknights. Uh, He's a pompous ass. He's another person I don't like. I like a lot of people. I like most people, but he's a pompous ass. He he generally disagrees with uh, whoever's being interviewed or talking with him. Uh, he contradicts them. He he makes fun of them in his own way. He has a snobbish way of making fun of people. Uh, he, he he considers himself. This is Bill O'Reilly, my friends. He considers himself Mister Clean. 
Uh, he's always chastising people for failing to be good fathers, for failing to support their children, for failing to do other things with their children. This guy is just their good. Well, your colors come out. That's all I can say. Your colors come out. What comes around goes around. I wish no one bad luck, but this guy, he, his true self, I believe, is coming out. The recently... He lost custody of his children in court. He lost them first in a trial in New York State. And just this past week, a New York appeals court ruled that the kids will live exclusively with their mother and not with Bill O'Reilly. Originally, the uh, agreement at the time of the divorce was there would be shared custody. That means he'd probably get him six months, his wife six months. They'd swap weekends and holidays and all that sort of thing. But during the, along the course of the way, Bill sort of screwed up here. Uh, the daughter, he has two children, Twelve when she was 12, saw him choking. This is after their divorce, by the way. Uh, saw him choking the mother and then dragging her down the stairs by her neck, yelling and screaming all kinds of profanities and statements to her. When he had custody of the children, both children testified, as well as other witnesses, that he, he never was around to play father. His daughter uh, labeled him as an absentee father. He did pay a woman to stay with them all the time. They rarely saw their father. Uh, the court felt that, you know, this guy isn't being a good dad. And the children also, by the way, didn't want to live with him. They wanted to live with the mother. And so the appeals court has given Bill O'Reilly's children custody to his former wife. Uh, I wonder if they'll mention it on his show. Want to talk about the Muslims for a moment? We know they're very religious people, and most Muslims, if not all, live by the Koran. They follow their religion implicitly, explicitly, whatever way you want to describe it. Uh, I admire that, but their religion is screwed up. <laughs> And you can't go around hanging people, chopping their heads off, stoning them to death, cutting their hands off. You, you can't treat women like not even second-class citizens, third or fourth, fifth-class citizens. They can't drive cars. they got to keep their whole body covered except for their eyes. Anyhow, here's what happened recently, this past week. In Moscow, in Moscow, Russia, I'm going to give you a perfect example of insanity, insanity, with regard to a Muslim woman. And it also shows that things just don't happen in our country with such as this. I don't think this has happened yet in our country, what I'm going to describe, but bad things have happened with regard to the Muslims. It's what's happening over there in Afghanistan and Syria and every place else. There's a Muslim woman who came from the Middle East. She's in her 30s. She is a nanny. She is working as a nanny for... Uh, parents and three children, three little children. She dresses in black. Uh, the parents were out. She is babysitting. She killed the baby. She killed the baby and then chopped the baby's head off. It gets worse. She set the apartment on fire, leaving the other two children in the apartment. They were knocked out by, by the smoke, but they were saved uh, before anything serious happened to them. They're still in the hospital, however. She took the baby's head and put it in her purse, and then she ran up and down the streets of Moscow. 
all right, yelling, I am a terrorist, I am a terrorist. And while she was running and yelling this, she took the baby's head out of her purse and kept shaking it, shaking it, swinging it around. She was arrested. Uh, woman sick, woman sick. Now, she may just be a nut, and we can't blame her religion on it. Uh, but where do they learn these things? <laughs> they they got to learn it from their own people when they see people's heads being chopped off in the old country. Uh, I I have talked over the past year or so about an incident which occurred in Cornelia, uh, Cornelia, uh, Georgia. Uh, and I also wrote about it in my blog several times. You recall... Uh, the police were making a no-knock raid, which means uh, they don't have to knock on the door. They just bang it in and they go in. And it was based on a search warrant obtained from a judge. The affidavit of the police officer said she was given information by someone that there was a druggie in the house, someone they uh, suspected of being a druggie. And based on that information, the judge signed the warrant. The woman had lied. The police officer, a female, had lied. She's since off off the force and has been uh, charged with a crime for doing that. Anyhow, they go in. The drug suspect isn't there. There's a family there. They're staying there who just, their house had recently burned down. And they needed a place to stay, and they're staying there. Uh, Guess things were a bit crowded. The baby, the baby was, the baby's name, by the way, is Boo-Boo, B-O-U-B-O-U, Boo-Boo. Uh, he's now 19 months old. Uh, baby Boo Boo was sleeping in a playpen. Makes sense. My children when we used to travel or something. They slept in a playpen. Uh, anyhow, they broke in, and when they broke in, one of the officers coming, this was a SWAT team, by the way, a SWAT team going in, threw a flashbang grenade in, and one of them landed in the playpen on the pillow where the baby's head was lying. It went off right next to the baby's face. Well, Boo-Boo got hurt. Uh, Boo-Boo got hurt quite bad. Uh, His face was a mess. It's still a mess. He looks like a child who survived some bombings in Afghanistan or Iran. Uh, They say his face is permanently disfigured. I doubt it. I think they can work on it. We do great, great things when we bring these kids over from the Middle East and take care of them in our hospitals uh, to fix their main bodies. Uh, there's a picture of him on the Internet. It's his area below his nose. His mouth is twisted. You, you, you've got visions of these. You've seen them. And he's got lines and he's got scars. Cute kid, but from the nose down, he's got a problem. Uh, he spent several months in the hospital since this. And the mother said, we haven't got the money to pay these bills. The bills were over a million dollars. So the mother went to the city of Cornelia and said, please pay the bills. We had nothing to do with this. You caused the injury to my child. And the stupid-ass city of Cornelia said, no, we're not going to pay your bills. So she had a suit. On Friday of this week, uh, a judge approved a settlement in this case of $3.6 million dollars. $3.6 million. Now, that sounds like a lot of money, uh, and it is, but not in this case. I I don't think this case is enough. First of all, there's pain and suffering to this child, and there's 
perma- there's going to be some degree of permanency involved there. Uh, so there's not enough. There's never enough money for that. Now let's look at the 3.6 million and how it's going to be broken down. The lawyers will get at least one million dollars, and properly so. This took time and effort to bring together to get the settlement of this nature. I know from experience: the bigger the case, the more work you have to put in it, and the harder it is. Though the payday is good. So taking a million off the 3.6 million, you now have 2.6 million left. We know that the medical bills are already over a million dollars that have to be paid. So let's just take another million dollars off the three point, off the 2.6 now, and we're down to 1.6. The child needs more medical attention. We've we've got to fix that that lip. We've got to get rid of those scars, and this is all doable. I'm going to say it's going to cost at least a half a million dollars, maybe $700,000. This child, in effect, what I'm saying, will end up with 700000 to a million dollars, which is a sizable sum. That money, he's only 19 months old, will go in a special bank account. The court will appoint a guardian. No one can touch, who must make a report every year on the money. And no one, the child cannot touch that money. Uh, except for medical or educational purposes, until he's 18 or 21, whatever the law happens to be in Cornelia, Georgia, in the state of Georgia, rather. And he'll have a tidy sum when he's older. It's sad that he had to come into the money this way. I'm glad it worked out well for him, uh, and I hope he does end up looking like nothing ever happened to him. And I want to say this. They haven't done anything with the police officer yet, the, the female police officer. She has been charged. Uh, I hope she gets some time in jail. Her lie started the chain of events which resulted in this child's face being maimed. She's got to pay. My column in this week's Conk Life, which was published last Wednesday, was good by handwriting, good by handwriting. I thought it was not that interesting. Uh, I, I questioned seriously at the time I was writing the article whether I should continue researching and writing it. Uh, it, was, it was interesting to me, but I didn't know if it would be interesting to other people. But I continued with it because I felt it was an eye-opener. And what I was saying, in effect, I had learned that in 41 states, in 41 states, children are not taught how to write. They can't even write their names. You heard me. They can't sign their names. Uh, I said, I don't believe this. They teach the kids now how to do things on the computer. And this has been going on for 10 or 20 years. Uh, and that means that we've got adults out there, some in their 40s, who can't write. They can print because they see the letters on the keyboard, they can't write because the schools weren't and aren't teaching handwriting. And this handwriting is cursive, C-U-R-S-I-V-E, the cursive method of handwriting where you have a word and the word is several letters and each letter is attached to the other. It's gone. They don't teach it anymore. They don't teach handwriting. And I thought this was awful. A point I want to make. The story, which I thought would not be of interest, no one would enjoy it, but I did it because there was something that everyone should know. You can't imagine how many people already know. I received the most comments I have ever received in six years of writing this, this column every week. 
the most comments, the most uh, emails, et cetera, et cetera, from people about the subject matter of the column, failure to, new, to have learned handwriting. And do you want to know something? Most of them said, I don't know how to write. I cannot write my name. I found this shocking. I was never taught how to write in school. Would you believe it? If you, you must. Half the world must know because from all the comments I got, I still can't believe. I only had one negative comment. Uh, the woman who wrote it, it looked like a term paper. Uh, it was longer than my column. Uh, and she didn't agree with several things I said, uh, but that's life. But everyone, everyone was received the column well. I was pleased now that I had written it. And again, most of them, adults, some I know, did not know and do not know how to write. This week's column is published, will be hit the stands tomorrow at 5 o'clock. It's called David Wolkowski. I don't know if you ever heard of David Wolkowski. David Wolkowski is a Key Wester. He was born here, made his fortune in Philadelphia, returned here at the age of 40, a multimillionaire. He's 96 and still lives here. I got to know uh, David in recent months because I've been under, doing physiotherapy for my balance problems. I, I seem to fall on occasion. And David, being 96, is trying to get in any kind of exercise he can. And we've become sort of friends, I would say. I have been amazed that, because I'll mention his name on occasion to see if people know him, uh, much of the younger generation do not know this man. They have no idea who he is. I'm even talking about people in their 50s and 60s. Now, I'll tell you who he is. I'm gonna, this is going to be very brief. I'm not gonna get, I want you to read the column, the article. It's terrific. Uh, he's known. He has been known to the certain people in Key West as Mr. Key West. I, I refer to him as the father of the modern Key West. Now, if you want to know his accomplishments, I'm only going to give you two, and they speak for themselves. He built the Pier House, that great hotel at the end of Duval Street. He built the Pier House, started with a little motel and built it to what it is today. He gave Jimmy Buffett his start. Were it not for David Wolkowski, Jimmy Buffett might not be Jimmy Buffett today. Jimmy Buffett came to Key West. He was a young man. He was, he was a drinker. He was an alcoholic. Uh, he used to like to sit down under a tree and play, play his guitar and make up songs. David and he became friends. David and Jimmy Buffett became friends. And David gave him permission to play in the chart room, which is the bar in the pier house, my hangout. And, uh, Jimmy Buffett played for nothing. He, whatever tips he got, that was his payment. David saw something in Buffett and started to pay him. Jimmy Buffett will tell you to your face, the first one ever, the first person ever to pay him was David Wolkowski. Now, these men have become very close, though their ages are different. Uh, they are partners in business in Key West. They own property and outside the state of Florida. But it's the story of the pier house. It's the story about Jimmy Buffett. He built the Reach, the Reach Resort on the other side of the island. Uh, oh, so many interesting things. Again, if you have the opportunity, David Wolkowski. It's in the paper. You can also read it on my uh, Key West Lou website. On Thursday morning, it will be linked to my Key West Lou website. Go on there, click on the button, and you can read it there.
this is interesting. Uh, it's humorous, too, I think. We're, we're into a new age of machinery. Uh, I, I don't know about you people, but I'm awfully impressed, especially that I'm 80 years old. I'm impressed with that fact, number one. But what I'm also impressed with is how things have changed over the years. When I started practicing law in 1960, okay, lawyers always need copies of anything they do. You, you type a piece of paper, you've got to have seven or eight copies, you've got to go to different places, file them, and you've got to have one for your file. Uh, we used uh, what do you, carbon paper. You used carbon paper to make copies. It was a lousy way to do it. It was the only way to do it. Uh, the secretaries would smudge the, the white pages occasionally. If you made a mistake, you had to use this white stuff to white it out. It still showed that you had made a mistake and typed over. What do you do today? It's typed, it's typed into a computer. The computer checks the spelling. You press a button, and it prints out someplace in the office. As many copies as you want, perfect. Big change. Well, what are we going to now? What am I going to talk about now? We're going to self-driving cars. We're going to reach the point where we don't have to get behind the wheel and drive the car. And they say that the first self-driving cars will be out in next year in 2017. Well, here's something that recently happened in Los Angeles with a, with a self-driving car. The car's driving itself. It's a four-lane road, two lanes each way. Uh, the self-driving car is driving in the driver's lane, came up to some bags of sand that were surrounding a sewer that was having some kind of drainage problems, knew the bags were there, there was something there, and the, the car on its own pulled slightly to the left to go around them. However, there was a bus coming in the, in the passing lane next to him. And next to the car, I'm calling, I'm calling this machine, the self-driving car, him. There was, there was a bus coming. And when he pulled to the, the, I'm calling he again, oh my God, this is the way it's going to be, folks. The self-driving car had to pull to the left slightly. And what happened was the car, he drove, he, oh, I did it again. The self-driving car was driven into the side of the bus. At the time, the self-driving car was going two miles an hour, the bus 15 miles an hour. Uh, slight damage. Now, Google owns the car. Google is testing 12 vehicles, self-driving vehicles. And I guess this is just something that's they're, they're testing them because they want to know what mistakes they made. Uh, you know what the problem was here and what, what they said? Uh, let me see. I had something in my notes that was interesting. Uh, oh, the car. The car thought the bus was going to slow down or stop. Isn't that amazing? The car eventually, I'm sure they're going to perfect this, will know what the other traffic is doing completely, but the, the car itself had to make a judgment. What is the bus going to do? Thought the bus was going to slow down or stop. The bus didn't. Ergo, the accident. We live in a wonderful world. It is. Okay, let's talk about Washington, D.C. Uh, sad, sad, sad. They're terrible. I, you know, I used to think I was the only one complaining about congressmen and so forth. I've been complaining about them for 10 years. Uh, I thought it was, nobody listened. Now everybody understands and listens. And that's why Donald Trump is getting a shot here. Anyhow, there, there's a statement always floating around these days that Washington can't get anything done. 
Washington can't get anything done. On the surface, this sounds correct. It is not. It is not. Because when it comes to serving big money interests, corporations and rich people, Congress and the president get things done. You know it, and I know it. We, we're supposed to be a government of the people, by the people, for the people. Uh, we're really not, because the gov- I, don't, I don't have to tell you again. The government does not work for the people. It only works for those who have money. It has to change. This country cannot survive this way. You could have revolution in this country someday. People are pissed off. It's the only way to put it. Why do you think a Donald Trump has an opportunity? And you can't say that it's a bunch of nuts supporting him. He's got a cross-section of, 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 of society. The rich, the poor, the former middle class, women, uh, people of color. He's got everyone supporting him. It's absolutely amazing because people are irritated. And if it doesn't correct, get corrected, the problems in our country, through the legal process, then maybe there's going to be another way someday. Now, China. China, these guys are smart over in China. Why not? They loan everybody money. They loan, we owe them, I think, $1.5 trillion. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, and like Trump, his name keeps coming up tonight. I, I, I'm caught up in this whole thing. Trump says, when we ship things over to uh, China to sell over there, we have a 50 or 54% surcharge. It's like a tax on everything that comes in from the United States. Yet when their goods in China come over to this country, they don't have to pay any tax on it, no surcharge. Well, I can understand why. If our government wants to keep borrowing money every time they need it from China, you're not going to do anything to China. You're going to give them a break here and a break there. Otherwise, the next time we need money, China's going to say no. Uh, now, China, though, is having economic problems. For the last two years, it's been thought it has been that China's on the bubble with regard to their mortgages. And what happened in 2008 in the United States is going to happen in China. It has not yet. However, the economy sucks in China. Things are getting bad. And the Chinese government today announced that it's going to lay off 1.8 million people. Notice what I said. The government announced, not the companies, the ABC company, the Jones company, not the companies or their officers. The government announced that 1.8 million, almost 2 million people, were going to be, lose their jobs Okay, in the heavy industry area, whatever this is, because the government is restructuring the economy. So they're doing what they got to do, but it's the government doing it. And I think that's terrible. They, they own everything. They dominate in their own country, and uh, they're going to do this. And I don't know. I, I have to question. You have almost 2 million people that are going to be laid off. It's going to be like the people that got screwed with the mortgage failure in this country in 2008. How do they educate their children? How how do they get other jobs? How do they continue to get raises or get a decent salary? Uh, They're going to be faced with all these problems, these 2 million people, and then the government's going to have to decide how to take care of them. It's a terrible cycle, but it's happening in China, and that's how the government is dealing with it. Uh, Let's see. Okay. Well, I want to say something very quickly at the end of the show here. Venezuela, I've been talking about them since Nicolas Maduro became president four or five years ago. First, they ran out of toilet paper, remember? 
and they're still out of toilet paper. Now they ran out of food. It's a vicious cycle. The farmers don't grow food because no one's got money to buy it. The stores don't stock it because the people who would be their customers don't have jobs. It's a vicious cycle. Nobody makes it. <clears throat> if you don't grow a little something in the backyard, you don't eat. So they're out of food. It's a nutritional emergency. It's the worst it's ever been. They're also out of money. They had gold reserves uh, backing up their dollar. They are down to their last gold reserves, and they're in the process of liquidating them. Why? Not to help the people, not to buy toilet paper, not to buy food, but to pay interest on their debts to other countries and banks and so forth. Hugo Chavez was a great man. It's a shame he's dead. It's a shame uh, he's not president at this time of Venezuela. That's the show for tonight, my friends. Hope you enjoyed. Uh, I know most of you are going to listen to the show in its archive version uh, on Blog Talk Radio, YouTube, and it's also linked to my Key West Lou website. Uh, thank you for joining me. I hope you found this week interesting. I look forward to being with you next week. <laughs>